many of you believe in miracles? Hallelujah. It's going to be a miracle for me to get this hour and 30 message in in, in 28 minutes. <laughs> you know, um, one person has said there is no progress without resistance. Think about that for a second. There's no progress without resistance. If they, another way I've heard it, uh, where there's no friction, there's no movement, you know. And so, in our Christian life, if you are progressing, then most likely you are facing some type of resistance. And um, so let me ask you this. Have you ever experienced any resistance in your spiritual life? Um, you know... Another thing, let me ask you this. Are we called as believers to, you know, when Jesus went away, he, he accomplished a lot when he was on the cross. He said it is finished. Uh, he accomplished what he set out to do. And then he entrusted the work to us. Are we called to maintain or are we called to progress? What do you think? Exactly, because he said go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we are called to progress. So that means that if we're called to progress or to advance, and we just said that uh, where there's no, well, or, uh, w there's no progress without resistance, then we know that there's going to be resistance, right? Um, you know, the fact is that as we journey with God, he has promised us, and we see it in his word, that we must be prepared for resistance and for uh, also must be prepared for confrontation. That Satan comes to uh, confront us and try to hinder us and, and um, impede us. That's what resistance means. It means to impede the, uh, you know, a, a certain object or whatever. And so he comes against us. Jesus said he comes as a, he's a thief and he comes to steal, to kill and to, kill and to destroy. And uh, in Peter it says that he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he made his out, de devour. So our progress brings about resistance from the kingdom of darkness. And sometimes we refer to this resistance in various ways. And a lot of times we'll say, we'll refer to it as a wall. You know, Satan, you know, just put a wall over that. And it seems like as we're, we get close to our inheritance, close to the promise that God's called us to, it seems like that there's the barrier that's there. A wall is a barrier. It's uh, designed to either to hold something back or to keep something in. And uh, the, it's, it's uh, walls divide, walls block, walls protect, um, or they restrict. Be, uh, and they are a barrier. And we know that uh, Satan uses walls. And so... I want us to, to think about the story of Joshua today because Joshua represents, his, his whole campaign represents the Christian's journey as Joshua led the new generation into the promised land. It shows a type of us as believers in a new covenant going in to possess the promise that God has given to us. And, you know, here they are. They come down to uh, the river and they're to wait three days. And the first thing that they do is uh, God tells them to circumcise them again because they've been out there for 40 years and, and the previous generation didn't follow that. And so there'd been a falling away in a sense. And so there was some renewed spiritual uh, interest and then going forth and, and launching forth. And, you know, 
the seasons of our life will change every time we exercise our faith. And you've heard me say a lot of times that um, life is lived on levels and arrived at in stages. And so we, we, we go along on a certain level with the Lord and we should be growing, we're progressing. And as we face resistance, that really, in a sense, builds our character. It builds Christian character. And we come to a point where we got to take a step up or a step back. And we either maintain the ground, the level that we're on, or we progress and go forward. And that's where we are. That's really where we are as a church. That's where we are as a society. That's where we are as a country. Uh, you know, I, I hadn't watched any news the other day. I turned on the evening news, and the first thing I saw was that, that uh, they said now that, uh, you know, there was gay marriage in 50 states. And I thought, wow. I mean, it's like, knocked me over. I didn't even know that they were contemplating that. And uh, then last night, I believe it was, showed on just downtown Houston. It was just thousands of people out, and it's just amazing. And, you know, the thing is, is that we don't hate people, uh, God l hates sin, but he loves the sinner, because he says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God loves the sinner, he just hates the sin, and it's the same thing, we love people, we just don't, we hate sin, and it's very obvious in the Bible uh, what God thought about that through the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, but you know, some people don't want to acknowledge that, and I'm not. My message isn't on that at all today, but I'm just telling you that it's just. It's like, get ready, and I think that I was preaching this last year that we would begin to see some things in 2015 that was just like, whoa, where did that come from? I mean, it was just. I mean, we know that that's been uh, boiling or kind of just you know churning along, but to me, it just caught me as a slap in the face, like. What? I uh, didn't even know it was before. And so we're living in a, in a very, some very interesting times. And the next few months are going to get really interesting, I believe. The other thing about this is that God judges sin. God is a righteous God. He, he loves the sinner. He loves all, but he hates the sin. And he will judge as a righteous God. And the, the concern is, is that... Um, this, the last eight years, this country has, has uh, turned its back on the nation of Israel. The support that we had for Israel really has turned away and has really just kind of given them uh, just like, you know, just like turn heads away from Israel. And the Bible says, or God says this, he says that, that Israel is the apple, the apple of my eye. He says, you know, they're the apple of my eye. And he says, whoever blesses you, I will bless. And whoever curses you, I will curse. So America has got some things coming because of our actions toward the nation of Israel. And then other things that's happening in our society, there's going to be a, a price to pay. You say, well, I didn't have any part of that, so it shouldn't be me. Well, thank God. It, it, we, it's, shouldn't, there's nothing new throughout the time of... of the beginning of time of believers being in the midst of persecution and coming out of it as a remnant, as overcomers. And so 
God will bless us as we bless him, but there's some tough times ahead, and we need to have wisdom. And God has spoken to me a few weeks back to specifically preach a series of messages about how to hear God. We need to hear him. What is he saying today? We read his word and we hear what he has spoken, and what God has spoken is so alive. The word is quick and powerful. It means it's alive. And what he spoke thousands of years ago, it's amazing how it becomes alive today. And it's like it's just fresh for our situation. But yet, thank God for that. But God also will speak and is speaking for the new situations that we will be facing in the days ahead. I believe that he gives warnings so that we can heed the warnings and prepare before those things happen. And if you look back, the last, even the last two years, some of the things that, that God has been speaking is, and we've been preaching, we'll know that some of these things really, <clears throat> we shouldn't be surprised at them, but yet we still are. It's almost like having a loved one that has a terminal illness that we know about, and then when maybe that time comes, that we're still, there's still a shock, you know. Uh, some of you have experienced that. We're, we are living in a country right now, I think, that has a terminal illness, really does. And prophetically, the things that the Bible has to say about the end times and nations that come down in the end times of how that, uh, how that there will be a one-world government system and, and uh, a one-world religion and a one-world economy and a lot of those things, where it was hard to see at one time in our life, we're seeing that it, it's you know, more, even more attainable just the way that things are happening. So we've got to hear God. And so I want us to look at a story and look at some things about Joshua and see how it parallels with us because we need to hear God today. Uh, we need, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word, the written word and also his spoken word. And we need faith today and we need to receive it from his word and the title of this message today would be Hearing God for Breakthrough Faith. Because, you know, we have faith, and there's faith, and then there's more faith. And there's a certain kind of faith for one thing, but then there's a breakthrough faith. And I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not, but when you've faced a barrier, a wall that is impenetrable, and God then gives you the faith that says that no weapon that's formed or fashioned against me shall be successful. And you know that you know that you know that God will take care of it. Where in the natural realm it couldn't be taken care of. That's the kind of faith that is breakthrough faith. That's the kind of faith that we're going to, to need today. And so in Joshua chapter 5 is what we're going to look at. Chapter 5 and chapter 6. Obviously... Since it's 1143, in case you haven't looked, it might be a little bit hard to get this eight-point message across, because I'm used to maybe making four points, but, uh, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at it and take it as it comes. Amen? Praise God. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 10, it says, on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. Verse 11. The day after the Passover, 
that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. Now, let me insert here that prior to that, they had been receiving and eat, receiving manna every day for all of the time that they had been in the wilderness. And what is manna? Well, that's the, def, that's the name. That's what the definition of manna is. What is it? <laughs> um, and that's it. It came as, what is it? Yeah, maybe, I've had a meal like that before. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> but they've been receiving that every day, and another part of the meaning of the name manna is it's an allotment. It means allotment. And um, so they didn't have to worry throughout this whole time. Maybe they didn't like it so much, but at least they knew that there was going to be provision every day. And something happened this particular day. As they began to enter in and they had this, uh, things were changing. The season in their life was changing. They were exercising some faith, following the direction of God. God spoke to them to go in and possess the land. As they exercised their faith, a new season began for them, and that was to go in to the promised land and possess the promise of God. When they did that, their comfort zone and what they had had went away. Have you ever been at that point of where you take this step and all of a sudden you're there? It's like, uh-oh, <laughs> you can't go back. That's gone. And you don't know what's ahead and you're in that place. What is that place? <laughs> it is that place <laughs> where you don't know what's ahead and you've lost what's behind and there you are and you need... You need a word from God. So that's where we find what we find between verses uh, 10 and 11 and 12. Verse 11 again, it says, The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, this new, uh, the, the new land, the unleavened bread and roasted grain. Verse 12, the manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that year, they ate the produce of Canaan. So, it was good. I mean, you know, they had been used to something. And when that was gone, there was a fear that that was gone. Of what we were used to having, that was gone. You know, we're living in a nation today that that's a lot of our principles, our foundations, the things that we've enjoyed, our freedoms, are gone and we'll not have that anymore. You know, as we were dedicating these children to the Lord today, I was thinking, my goodness, if the Lord tarries and he doesn't come back soon, what a world these children are going to have to live in. It's so much different than the world that, you know, this is my birthday today, and it's so much different than, 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 the, than the world that I grew up in. So much different. And wow and that's you know here, here we are they're going in and and so now they're gonna have to have faith for this new land that, that they're entering into but what they're leaving behind as they go forward it says but then they ate then but so that year they ate of the produce of canaan so people what some of the comforts that we've had and there's some changes that might look bad ahead of us what we need to have is some faith some breakthrough faith that tells us that we're going to eat of the land, of the promised land, of God's promise, that he has promised that he will never leave us, he'll never forsake us. 
His promise that he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He, he has promised that I'm the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. He has promised all these things for us, and that's what we're going to eat of as we go forward. And we have to believe that. We have to have faith to believe that. And, and you know, sometimes we get so used to just making another lap around Mount Sion, or, uh, Sion, Sion and we just eat manna, and it's just there, and, and so we just get used to that. And a rut, you know, is, um, is just a grave with both ends knocked out of it. It's all it is, and, and that's what they were in, and it just kept going. And... It's, you don't have to exercise much faith in a situation like that. Now they're going to have to exercise faith. I'm saying that to say this. There have been some times that we haven't had to exercise very much faith in the, in the days behind. But the days ahead, we're going to have to exercise more faith than what we have had. What got you here won't get you there, in other words. So we need to hear what God is saying so that we can have breakthrough faith. Remember that life, again, remember life is lived on levels and arrived at in stages, and we are at a stage in our life that it's time for breakthrough. The seasons of your life will change every time you use your faith, and we're using our faith, and so the seasons are changing. But I say that it's the right time for a new time. Amen? Yeah. I, I got that word from the Lord this morning about 4.30 and I think I posted it on Facebook when it was a little bit later on as I just kept running through my, my spirit. It's the right time for a new time. The manna stopped the day after they ate, it says in verse 12. This food from the land, it says, uh, then it says there was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate of the produce of Canaan. And Joshua 5 verse 12, they, they had... Uh, we see that they had just begun to taste the goodness of their inheritance and then they were on the edge of a breakthrough and right at that edge of the breakthrough of going into the promised land, something is in front of them that they can't get past and that's Jericho, a walled up city. You know, the old familiar way, the manna was gone, but they had to learn something that we need to learn. Stop looking at where you have been and start looking at where you can be. The old manna, the old allotment is gone, and so we don't need to try to look at where we have been, but we need to start looking at where we can be. And Jericho stood in their way. You know, they can't turn back, can't go back now, that's stopped. Uh, and then they didn't know about going forward, they can't go forward because here's Jericho, a walled up city. And so what do you do? Do you sit down and you try to figure out a plan? Well, Joshua went to pray is what he did, and that's what we should do also. Jericho was a fortress city. It was a symbol of the enemy's strength and power. Uh, they said that the walls were so thick that they could run chariots across the top of it. It's a pretty thick wall. The city stood directly in the way of Israel's inheritance. And I'll tell you that Satan has a Jericho that's positioned right in front of your inheritance that will look like that it's not attainable. But when we hear a word from the Lord that gives us breakthrough faith, then no weapon that's formed can prosper. No wall that's built can keep us back. Amen? It's easier to stay in the rut uh, and, uh, or, than to advance into the unknown. It's just easier to just do what we're used to. That's why sometimes we wonder why 
a battered woman will return to that, that situation over and over again. It just astounds me. And uh, they say because at least she knows that. She's familiar with that. It doesn't make sense. But sometimes we're the same way. You know, even uh, we know that there might be something better out there, but we're just not sure of that. And so at least we're, no, we're, we're familiar with this. People, we can't do that and, and possess what God's called us to possess. We need to have breakthrough faith. Satan wants us to be complacently content. There's a uh, com new combination of words for you. He wants us to be complacently content with the manna, with the old. And, you know, some are satisfied right there. And uh, in other words, you don't bother me, I won't bother you. And you, you see where that has gotten us just in, in the Supreme Court decision just this past week. And said, you know, well, you know, um, you don't bother me, I won't bother you and all that. Well, let me tell you that things change. When we want to be complacently content, Satan is never complacently content. He's always advancing his kingdom. Some are satisfied to be right there, you know. Uh, some churches are, are satisfied to be right there. In other words, well, we, we haven't uh, gained any, but we haven't lost any. You know, I'm not content with that. You know, I believe that the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. I believe that God wants us to move into the harvest field. Uh, we also think that we will be satisfied by just containing it. You know, just um, uh, if, if we can just hold on to what we got, if we can just maintain uh, but God is never satisfied with suppressing something. You know, we think that uh, if we can uh, suppress our anger, then we've gotten over our anger. But you haven't gotten over it. You just put it down a little bit. And if, if something pushes just right, it'll come out. So suppressing something is not victory. Victory is when you do away with it. So uh, we don't want to just suppress Satan. We think, well, we'll just suppress him and contain him over here and then if I don't bother him, he won't bother me. But that's not the way that it works. To suppress means to hold it inside, to keep it inside. And, and certainly if you are holding something inside, it's, that's not victory. You still got it. That's why people think, well, um, they still have unforgiveness, but they just don't think about it. They just never deal with it. That's why you, we have to bring certain things up, present it to the Lord, have the Lord give us grace to handle that situation and faith and then deal with it, destroy what the enemy would use to hold us back, do away with it and go forward. Break through those things. Break through it so that it never bothers you again. Don't just suppress it that it can come up. See, when, when God sent the children of Israel into the land, he said, annihilate them completely, your enemy. Now, I've heard stories of, uh, that God is, uh, is an evil God and that the Israelites were evil people because when they did battle, you know, they just killed everybody and everything. And that was to show us that that's what God says, that don't tolerate, don't negotiate at the table of, of the devil. Little Amorites grow up to be big Amorites, you know. And at one time, they're going to they're gonna get you, <laughs> you know. That nature will come out. It, it has always amazed me of people that want to have a lion as a pet. Well, he's okay as long as you feed him. Their famous last words. <laughs> but 
where we are here is we can't, we, our object should not be containment or just suppressing something. Our goal and our objective should be breakthrough. And that's a very vague statement because there's, we need breakthrough on so many levels in our personal life, in certain habits and hang-ups and, and certain areas of hurts and wounds and things that we need to bring up and deal with. But people, if you want to be, if you want to see a new generation and a new, uh, a new inheritance in your life, if you want to experience things that you have never experienced before, you've got to do things that you've never done before. And you've got to not just suppress things and put it back there and not think about it. You've got to bring it up here, confront it, and deal with it, and then move on. Because they couldn't leave some of these things around. I thought, well, why? look, I mean, why didn't they just go around Jericho? And just, you know, maybe they could sneak around them at night, and Jericho would never even know they're there, and they were going to go on a little further. Because Jericho would always be there. Ai, the next city, would always be there. And, you know, and all of these tribes would always be there. And so God said, no, you confront it and you deal with it. We've got to have the courage, people, to confront certain things that God brings up, brings to us, to our awareness, and deal with it. And it starts within each one of us individually. Dealing with habits and hang-ups, dealing with those things that could pull us down because we can suppress them and Satan's fine to lay low for a little while until we just just get ready to reach into our inheritance and that's when he's ready to knock us back but i believe that god wants us to deal with it and i believe that he has victory ahead in first corinthians chapter 15 verse 57 it says thanks be unto god who gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ jesus didn't go around the cross he went to the cross and that's where he obtained victory for each one of us Victory is an act of defeating an opponent in a battle or in, a, in some type of confrontation. And if you think about that long and hard, you're not going to like it very much because a lot of people, they say, I just don't like confrontations. I don't like them either. I mean, you know, we don't go around looking. Now, I know there are some people that just go around looking for confrontation. Y'all know some of them, right? It's like, God, are you serious? Uh, again? <laughs> but here's the thing. When, con when, it, when that situation comes to us, you know, we've got to confront it. We've got to deal with it at that particular instant and go forward. In John chapter, in 1 John 5, 4, it says, This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So you've got to know that victory, ultimate victory, that overcomes all things is our faith. And the faith that we're going to need for the next days, weeks, months ahead, if we have that long, is the faith, the breakthrough type of faith. So given the time that we have today, we're going to talk about that in some of the days ahead. But I want, to, I want us to pray. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that I can preach about breakthrough faith. I can give you all kinds of examples and samples and all stories and various things, show you heroes and and zeros of <laughs> uh, those that, that did and those that didn't. But if you're not ready to do it, all it is is I'm up here talking and you're just sitting there listening and letting it go. You know, it's like the old guy that, um, you know, as, as they were handing it out, he'd take it and throw it over his shoulder to somebody else back there. You know, oh, they need it more than I do. 
we're going to have to come to the point of saying, I need to hear this because every one of us are going to face situations. We're going to face things that we didn't think that we're going to have to face. You say, well, pastor, I didn't get up and come to church this morning for that kind of news. (laughs) Well, I know, and I don't like it any more than you do, but that's, that's the truth. And so, but here's the good news is, is that we don't have to, that we're not defeated and we won't be defeated. We will be victorious. If we'll hear what he has to say, we, we will make it and we're going to make it. And we need to know how to hear God for this kind of breakthrough faith. And I'll give you this one and then we'll pray because it all started in verse two of chapter five. Uh, of Joshua. It says, At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gilbeth at Haraloth. And he said, Circumcise them again. What it meant was that they'd gone those 40 years and they had just left that away. And circumcision. Today, the application of it is that's a sign of, a co- of the covenant. And the sign of our covenant today is baptism. It's, a, it's an outward expression of an inward work. It's an outward expression of, of saying that I have dealt with my flesh, this flesh that wants to do my will, and I have rolled that back. I have cut that away from me, and I am ready to march on as a covenant in covenant with God. And we do that as we sanctify ourselves, as we set ourselves apart for God, allowing the Holy Spirit to set us apart and do a work in us. If we will do that today at, this, at the starting point, when we hear the next steps, the next seven steps, I believe that we'll, we will walk the next weeks and months with breakthrough faith. And so here's what we need to do today, is we need to have this visitation with God and, you know, that wasn't a pleasant situation. I'm sure that when they went out and announced that day, okay, we got our new flint knives, everybody line up. <laughs> We're going to reinstate this covenant. Um, kind of reminds me of when I was a kid, and my dad said, you're going to get a whipping when you get home. And I'd think that he forgot by the time we got home. You know, I'm sure that some of them young ones is walking around out in the wilderness for 40 years. I think they forgot about that custom, you know. But whenever he said, okay, we got some business to take care of, that's when I kind of felt like the whole, you know, everything just kind of closed in and it just kind of had tunnel vision. I thought, oh, no. People, let me tell you, we don't like to face our, our flesh, our desires, the things in our life, but we need to get rid of them. We need to make some serious choices to walk, to step away from some things, to put some things off. It says that the, the word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the soul and spirit. And so God wants us to cut away today our flesh, our desires from his desires, our uh, will from his will. We need to have that, and we need to do that. And so I want to I pray, and you pray as well, and let's do that today. Father, in your presence today, we come thanking you for a covenant. Lord, it wasn't pleasant, and this isn't pleasant, 
but when we say, not my will, yours be done, sometimes it's easy to speak those words until we come face to face then with the flint knife in that situation of where then we have to yield then to your will. Father, but we know that your will is better for us. And sometimes the things that are good for us aren't comfortable. But Father, we have to go through some things that aren't comfortable for our good. And today, we willfully choose to set ourselves apart and to sanctify ourselves, Father, and once again come back to you. The church has had it easy, and it feels like that maybe some of these things that we've kind of set aside, we talk about them, but Father, uh, it's serious business, and we need to be known as a child of God, unmistakably known as a child of God. So Father, today we, we ask you, search us and know our ways. Reveal to us those areas in our life that we need to cut off and be freed from and that we would be changed so that we are set apart for you. Now, if you're doing that right now and you're allowing the Holy Spirit just as a sign of yieldingness to the Lord, not nobody looking around, but just raise your hand to the Lord and say, Father, that's me today. I see the areas right now that you're telling me to step away from, and I yield myself. Some things I'm not aware of, but I step before you in your presence to say, not my will, but yours be done. And not my desires, but your desires. And Father, we ask that you give strength to us that when we come face to face with these things with habits and hang-ups and and uh, decisions that we need to make maybe where we would choose the comfortable over the commitment Lord that we would remain committed to your word and your purpose now father we're declaring that today before you and before your throne and Father, I know that you extend grace to us, that you help us in our time of need, in that time when we need strength. I think that you're releasing that strength now in Jesus' name. Amen. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, let me ask you this question today. Are you sure of eternity? The very first step to having breakthrough faith is, as we've been setting ourselves apart, the first part of setting yourself apart is coming to the Lord and to the Father, the creator of all things, through his Son, Jesus Christ. Do you know that you know that you know today that you are a child of God, unmistakably, that you are assured of heaven, you're assured of eternity, that you're going to spend it with God the Father, that he designed that heaven for you? If you're sure of that, just raise your hand today. And say, I'm not ashamed to be called a Christian. I know that I know that I know. Okay, just put your hands down with our heads.